You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. Gregor, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well. All right. It's a new year that is starting off just the way the old one ended, and that is with very slow off-season news around Major League Baseball. Uh, nothing seems to be going on, just small rumors. Eventually, it's got to heat up, and I guess the longer it takes for it to heat up, the more action there will be in a small amount of time before spring training. So at least there's something to look forward to. In the meantime, let's look at this Blue Jays roster, how it is constructed right now. And one area that they have added to, obviously, with some depth pieces is the infield. You have a story up on BlueJays.com about that right now. Um, But as it looks, the starting infield is going to be the same as what we saw a year ago, right? I mean, the pieces they've added don't look like they're going to crack that lineup as far as everyday players. Yeah, I think so. And the the one potential storyline to watch is whether or not the Blue Jays do take a look at moving Devin Travis to the outfield. That's that's kind of been a back burner issue for them this offseason and gives them a little versatility in the fact that they think that they could potentially do that. Uh, and, and there is a scenario where you could see Levis Diaz uh, getting some playing time at second base. But ultimately, I think that they're going to stick with the status quo. I think Devin Travis is going to be back at second base for another year. And, and then, obviously, you, you've got everybody else around the infield where you're hoping uh, they come back from injuries, which is which is Troy Tulowitzki. He's, he's obviously going to be the everyday guy at, at shortstop. Uh, and, and Josh Donaldson, they're hoping for an MVP caliber season from him. And, and Justin Smoke, uh, hoping for a return to form at first base. So uh, it really does seem to be the status quo. I don't think you're going to see too much done although the Jays continue to insist that they're uh, interested in adding more depth there, which is, which is a bit curious because they, they have added Diaz already. Uh, they added Gift and Gope from uh, Pittsburgh as well. So uh, as things stand right now, even though the Jays haven't done much this offseason, the infield actually is the one area in the team where you can look at that and say, okay, it's better now than certainly it was at the end of the season. Yeah, it makes you wonder really how concerned they are about Travis, who seems to be always injured, and Tulowitzki and and his age right now, uh, how much real concern there is if they're still looking to add more depth, certainly. All right, the catching situation is another area where there's obviously an aging veteran situation. Russell Martin, still the guy, I would think. The hope is he'll be out there the majority of the games, but maybe every year a few less as far as catching goes. How confident are they in Luke Maley as far as backing him up and being able to really step in a good amount of games? Yeah, you know, I, I think they're confident, especially in the sense that they know that Luke Maley is going to be great with the pitching staff. Um, you know, as, as much as uh, people like to talk about the bat, you know, the glove is what you prioritize first and foremost with the backup catcher. And so uh, I, I think that along with the game calling is going to, uh, give him the inside edge there. But, uh, you know, the problem is is that, you know, this has been a storyline now around the Blue Jays for the last three years, really. It, it's how do you find more opportunities to rest Russell Martin? I mean, the Blue Jays really haven't had uh, that reliable of a backup since he uh, came to Toronto as a free agent, and they talk about it every year. Uh, but ultimately, uh, it seems that at the start of every season, he's, he's kind of forced back into that role where it's hard for John Gibbons to keep him out of the lineup. And part of that is Russell Martin's mentality and wanting to be out there every day. Uh, but the other part is that they've never had a backup where they, they wouldn't want to do more than just kind of uh, sprinkle that guy in from time to time. And I think that's the role that Manley's going to have uh, next year. So in some ways, it really is the status quo. Uh, the interesting thing to watch here will be 
you know, if, if Martin goes on the DL at some point in time, which he's done, you know, each of the last several years, um, you know, instead of giving the bulk of the everyday at-bats after that happens to a guy like Maley, I think you could see some of the Jays' youth come into play there. A, a prospect like Dan Jansen, I mean, he's going to need to play every day at the start of the year, and that's going to happen in AAA. Um, but he could be the catcher of the future. And if Martin goes down and, and suddenly every day at bats become available, you could look at a scenario where Maley still finds himself in that backup role uh, and the everyday at bats actually go to one of the, one of the prospects, either uh, Dan Jansen or, or a guy like Reese McGuire. Yeah, certainly nice to have that depth and those players down on the farm. And the Blue Jays now have more of that than they've had in recent years. Um, there is some young talent on the way to help out this team for sure. All right, you have a story up on the site about five questions facing the Blue Jays organization in 2018. I want to get into those a little bit. Uh, these are questions that will be answered eventually. I'm not looking for answers from you right now, Gregor. I just want to get into the importance of these questions. And the first one you have is, will Aaron Sanchez overcome the blister problems, reestablish himself as a bona fide front of the rotation starter? When you look at that question, um, if he doesn't, does this team have any chance of contending? No, I don't think they do. Uh, and you could say that about a couple of guys on that roster in terms of being wild cards, but Aaron Sanchez is at the top of that list. I mean, uh, you know, last spring uh, we spent a lot of time talking about how the Blue Jays' rotation was going to be the biggest key in potentially them contending. Uh, and obviously that did not work out last year with, with Sanchez missing a lot of time, Jay Hat missing a lot of time as well. But, uh, you know, we saw in, in 2016 – Aaron Sanchez as, as a fringe candidate for uh, the American League Cy Young Award. I mean, he was the ERA leader for that entire year. Uh, it was the first time Blue Jays fans got to see him as, as a starter over the course of a full season. And so the scary thing about him was, as good as he was in 2016, there was an expectation that he was going to be that much better in 2017. And, and now the big question mark is, you know, how does, how does a lost season uh, kind of derail some of that development? Uh, but the Jays certainly need him to be really a bona fide ace to go along with uh, a guy like Marcus Stroman. And, and if, if he can be that, then suddenly you're talking about, uh, you know, that rotation once again becoming a major strength instead of the weakness it was in 2017. You have a question about Devin Travis. I feel like we covered that already on the podcast, so we'll skip ahead to Josh Donaldson. Will this be Josh Donaldson's final season in Toronto? And I guess I'll spin that to say, is there any chance that they extend Josh Donaldson before he reaches free agency, or would it just be a situation where he becomes a free agent and then they try to bring him back? Yeah, I really don't see an extension happening. I mean, there just hasn't been much talk at all about it. Uh, you know, it will be something that could pick up towards the end of January. I mean, one thing that could spur it out a little bit is the fact that uh, Donaldson, his, his arbitration case is looming. Um, that will force the agent and the team to get together. But ultimately, I, I think that they're going to look for something uh, short-term and just a one-year deal and then have Donaldson hit the market next year. And so, uh, you know, the question of Donaldson's status with this organization and how long he's going to be here is going to linger around this team uh, pretty much all season long. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty clear that if the Blue Jays get off to a strong start and contend that he's going to stick around. Uh, and if they get off to a slow start in April and May, uh, then you're certainly going to be talking about uh, a potential trade at the, the non-waiver trade deadline. So uh, it really could go either way. Uh, but certainly, you know, I, one thing I think the Jays do think that they have working in their favor a little bit is that next year's free agent class is pretty crowded. Uh, there's a lot of elite players who are going to be on that market, and that might allow them uh, to be patient a little bit more. And, and that could be one reason why we're seeing them, uh, you know, risk 
keeping a player like Donaldson in the final year of his deal, whereas before, you know, a lot of other organizations would either look to lock him up long term, and if they can't do that, then make a move. The Jays are kind of doing that middle ground right now where they're, they're keeping him in the fold but not necessarily looking, uh, you know, that strongly at trying to lock him up long term either. Yeah, you're looking at a free agent class that has two third basemen that are MVP-type guys in Machado and Donaldson. It's pretty impressive. Uh, just a piece of that amazing 2018 free agent class that we expect to see next offseason. Next question, do the Blue Jays have enough depth to combat an aging roster? And we talked about the fact that at this point it seems like they feel like they still need to add more. Yeah, they, they do. And, and I, I think that you know, on paper, the infield, you know, as we touched on, looks pretty solid on paper. The fact that you've got Diaz as a backup and, and Gopay uh, as minor league depth really kind of taking over the role that Ryan Goins had. So uh, certainly the infield depth is better. Uh, the outfield depth is better, too, because you've got uh, Teoscar Hernandez now for a full season. Uh, you've got Anthony Alford waiting in the wings and another year along in his development. So they've got a lot of options in the outfield as well. The thing is, is that the Jays are still kind of missing that uh, impact bat, and that's one thing that has been slow to develop this offseason. You know, a team that's coming off scoring the fewest runs in the American League, uh, you know, there really does seem to be a need to do something more than just the depth. Uh, but I think that if they're able to make, you know, one of those significant moves before the start of spring training, uh, <clears throat> suddenly you are talking about a team that probably does have enough depth compared to what it did a year ago. I mean, so many games last year went to guys like Ryan Goins and, and Darwin Barney, Ezekiel Carrera in the outfield. Um, those are spots that certainly can be upgraded, and so far that's the one area where you can point to on this roster and say the Jays are uh, you know, better equipped now than they, than they were previously. The final question is which version of Justin Smoke will show up? And you look at 2017, if you just look at the stat line, Gregor, it was just an absolute breakout year for Smoke, 38 homers, 90 RBIs. He played 158 games as a guy that wasn't always a full-time player in his career and even hit 270. The problem is... Those numbers before August 1st were a lot, lot better, and he struggled down the stretch, and he kind of resorted back to, I think, what a lot of people thought Justin Smoke was as a player. So how confident is the team that the Justin Smoke that they saw before the All-Star break is the real guy? I mean, publicly, they're certainly confident. Uh, they, they pointed to... Uh, you know, some injuries that he was dealing with later in the year and the fact that uh, fatigue was probably a factor over the final two months of the season as a guy who was playing every day for the first time in, in a few years. And so, you know, certainly those things could be a factor, but at the same time, those two months, final two months of the year, Justin Smoke were, were very similar to the player that we saw before. And so the question is, did he really figure out something in those first four months, or, or was it one of those extended hot streaks that we've seen from, from players from time to time? But you know, the, the challenge with the Blue Jays is that, you know, as we touched on, they're, they're coming off here when they scored the fewest runs in the American League. Their offense needs to get a lot better, and they can't, they can't afford to have much regression at all from Justin Smoke. Uh, because he's one of the, the key cogs in, in that lineup. And so uh, they're looking to improve elsewhere. They, they need to get more production from the corner outfield spots. They need, they need to keep a lot of their other guys healthy. But if this lineup's actually going to be uh, good enough to contend and significantly better than it was in 2017, you need to get a similar level of performance from Smoke. Otherwise, you know, his regression will offset some of the gains elsewhere. All right, those are some questions we will be monitoring throughout the season. And if the answers turn out to be right, this Blue Jays team could be a very good ball club in 2018. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.